Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of Rico's Cafe, deep tech and down-tempo beats brought to you by me, DJ Inc. This episode, I'm happy to welcome a special guest with whom I share a deep respect and a long friendship. Nasir Ansari is a very likable guy with a deep passion for rhythmic, percussive, electronic music. Everybody loves Nasir. He's just the type of dude who gets along with all sorts of folks. Nasir, originally from the Bronx, lives in Atlanta with his wife and children. I met Nasir around the year 2000 and we became fast friends and shortly became a progressive house and trance duo on many bills and residencies. Nasir, like myself, tends to go to bed a lot earlier these days and doesn't go out or play out as much as once before, but he still has a passion for finding really great records and putting them together like no other. I suppose that's been a bit of a theme for my guests. Many of us share a common knowledge and appreciation of the history and legacy our musical tastes come with, and even though we focus less on DJing these days, we appreciate it no less and still have a thing or two to pass along to the next wave of the rave. So now let's get Nasir on the line and catch up for a little bit. Nasir, welcome to Rico's Cafe. It's great to finally have you on. How have you been, man? So I've been good. I've been really good. Um, it's pretty much family time 100% of the time now. Don't really get to mix out or DJ out as much as I used to. But when I do, I have a great time. So it's it's more about picking and choosing my battles when I can get out. And, uh, you know, definitely have been bringing it when I can. I've been kind of busy working on a little bit of uh, studio work and hoping to get some of those tracks out there so people can, can hear what I've been busy with. But really, that's been most of my focus. You know, from time to time, I still got to get out and shake my behind. But uh, those days are far in between because uh, the kids do definitely keep me busy. So I was sitting trying to think of how long we've known each other and all of the great nights turned to mornings, some of which I remember way more clearly than others. What year was that? 2000, 2001? So the time that we actually met was at, was 1999. It was the, the famous Sasha playing at Studio Central, or at least he was supposed to. But instead of him showing up, we got Nick Warren, who tore it up that night. Don't get me wrong. Nick Warren did a great job, but everybody was expecting Sasha. And I felt bad for poor Kevin that had opened up for him, Kevin Cazell. He was running out of tracks, and, and Nick was running late. Everybody was wondering where Sasha was, and then when Nick showed up, everybody was like, I don't even think most of the people at the party even noticed that it was Nick Warren. But uh, Nick killed it. He brought everything Sasha would have brought, and I think a little son that night. Now, that that was actually the first night we had met. Ah, you're right. Yes, it was Nick Warren uh, at Studio Central. The night at the church, we had already knew each other at that point. And that, that was actually a magical night in itself, because... I was a resident at the church at the time the big week played there so it was like the big man was coming into my home to tear that building apart and to witness that as you know close proximity as possible and uh, have him drop so many amazing anthems that night it was just mind-blowing I want to say I think that was the first time I remember hearing Luzon's the Baggio track in the club and I think John played back-to-back copies of it didn't he I, I do believe that you're right about him dropping the back-to-back copies of the Baggio track. Uh, there was a couple of tracks that stood out to me. I remember him playing Stella. If I'm not mistaken, it was a Nailin and Kane remix. I was jamming Spoon. Um, and then he dropped the C- Country and Rest and Reincarnation right after that, uh, the remix 
which just completely blew my mind. And there was a couple of tracks he actually played from the Global Underground that was out. That that night was amazing. Uh, probably one of my favorite times Digweed's actually played in Atlanta. I don't know if he's ever topped that night just because he played a good combination of just tracks that you would have heard on the compilations and some other surprises that people weren't even ready for. Wow, what a night. That one and so many after parties. Uh, now it seems everyone who was partying in those days knew about your basement after parties. Club Nasir, as it was called, saw many wicked times, and I think I would love to hear some of those recordings of us playing sunrise sets together. I don't recall when we first heard each other play. It was probably either at that Joe Muggs party that uh, Ronnie and Dan used to do, or one of your after parties, but we just really clicked early on and then teamed up for the next few years, playing places like the church, the atrium, the masquerade, uh, later on some of the midtown clubs uh, like Velvet Room, 1150, Nomenclature, though by then we weren't really playing together as much. I definitely have a few nights playing with you that stand out, but first, what were some of your favorite Club Nasir nights or gigs that we did together? So the infamous Club Nasir. Um, yeah, that, that was a good, good, good time. I had to think back to being able to revisit some of those days. It was seemed so long ago, but I, you know, I still think that that basement had one of the best sound systems that the city ever had just because of the 415s and the 210s that we had on the wall. Um, those Vegas put out some some serious bass and the fact that my basement was underground and was on a hill that the house was like downhill from the street so you couldn't even hear any music from the street so we had the liberty of being able to crank it as loud as we wanted to and not disturb my neighbors which was unheard of we've uh, we've had quite a number of events that we've played together definitely some memorable nights none I don't think more memorable than probably the time that we played with Paul Van Dyke and we had the infamous cross club switchover uh, because we were having issues with the massive wall of turbo sound that we were up against that was right across from us that was creating echoes and delays and then on top of it one of the turntable arms being in mono because you know old techniques sometimes they would just not cooperate and the fact that one track sounded like a train wreck just playing by itself because of where we were situated across from all that turbo sound. That was definitely a challenge for sure. Now, as you absolutely nailed it, I was definitely going to bring up the PVD night. Um, I, I just couldn't get throughout this interview without bringing up that one. Um, the other night I, I would bring up would be, I think it was my birthday and we were playing at Masquerade and we were playing in hell downstairs and we were residents for Playhouse there for Chad and and uh, it just so happened that BT was playing upstairs and I remember BT had like two tractor trailers worth of equipment and during the middle of the show BT sent some folks down from his team to uh, tell us to turn it down apparently we were shaking the floor upstairs and it was messing with his live PA. Uh, I, I just thought that was hilarious and ironic that uh, we were being asked to turn it down. If I recall, BT came down later on and, and was you know very cool about the whole situation. But that was a killer night. I remember you and I both uh, really having a lot of fun playing and absolutely destroying the crowd that night, uh, many of whom stayed in our room for the entirety of the night. So that was a great one. 
It's a shame because I wish we had recorded more often back then. I, I only have a couple of mixes of us playing together, one of which was a double disc we put out together. There was a live recording at my house, a couple more, but not too many of them floating around. I don't know. Every time we DJ together, it seems like we just pick right up where we left off. And I love the surprises you bring to the decks. You and I have never had the exact same style, but it's always been a complimentary one, I think. And this mix you've turned in was so decidedly housey out of the gate. You come strong with the, the sexy vocals and then that killer hacienda cut just starts to edge it into a different direction. And I really love the journey. So tell us a little bit about the mix and how you recorded it. Yeah, so the mix that I put together, it was first of all recorded on Serato. And I've got a little Zoom H5 recorder that I hook up to the output on the mixer. Um, I've got a DJM 800, you know, which is a dinosaur at this age, but I've got a rotary kit on it. So the throw on the faders is a little bit different than the throw of the, the dial of the rotary. It just seems like it just... It's easier to work a track in using the rotary in comparison to using the faders. My only challenge recording the mix really was the levels that I was able to record the mix at because I recorded the mix kind of late at night. That's usually the only time that I have to myself where nobody in the household is going to really interrupt me or I'm not really going to bother anybody. But there, there is an issue of volume. I haven't quite soundproofed my basement yet. Uh, so the challenge is trying to balance where I can actually comfortably hear everything and at the same time you need some volume when you're mixing. You're mixing the headphones but it's not quite the same. So the mixing itself, I've, I've had better days. Um, I didn't really want to, to get into you know re-recording the mix over and over and over again just because you lose some of the the essence and the flow of that so I, I just really let it ride as it was so there's a couple of spots that I, I, I wish I, I would have you know put a little bit more time into to getting that you know locked in faster but all in all the flow I think supersedes any sort of technical issues that I've had and uh, I was really happy with it now, like you mentioned I started out kind of housey um, and, and vocally and I, I just kind of let things just go where they were to go as I started going through the tracks I didn't really pick out any number of tracks that I said Hmm, I'm gonna go with this, I'm gonna go with that. Just opened up Serato and just, you know, I just wanted to just pick the starting track that kind of fit the feel and just went from there and just let it organically come together. And I didn't really limit myself to just really using newer tracks or, you know, necessarily trying to make a, an old school mix. I just wanted to make a mix that went well together and the tracks complemented each other. And, you know, I always say I don't really try to mix to a style, I mix to a groove. And if that groove takes me across different genres, then so be it. I'd rather have that than be labeled as one kind of a DJ or another kind of DJ. It's like, you know, I think that's kind of what, what's been expected of me of, of my DJ career is that, you know, I, I, I like to think that I have a sound and that sound definitely conveys over to people's ears and it gets them dancing. <laughs> but uh, I had fun doing the mix and I do appreciate you, you know, blessing me with the honor of, of doing this for your podcast for sure. Well, Nasir is a wonderful journey, and I'm just stoked to share it. I think the last time we played together was 2015 or 2016, maybe, and it still had a special feel to it. So we have to do it again real soon. So the last time we played together, if I'm not mistaken, was at 
Cosmo, and I think you're right, it was around 2016-2015. Uh, Jory was nice enough to have us over to do an old school vinyl set, and that was a lot of fun, playing a, a couple of tracks that we used to bang back in the day, and you know, being able to not just play them digitally, but play the original vinyl, which doesn't happen often enough these days. But uh, yeah, we, we definitely need to remedy that soon and, and try to put something together. This is not the last time we've played together. We will definitely be playing some more gigs together in the future. And uh, we got to make that a goal to make that happen sooner than later for sure. Cool. So anything or anyone you want to give a shout out to? Let's see. I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, to a lot of people, man. I'd like to give a shout out to you, first of all, for staying diligent in this game and, and busting your butt and you know constantly putting out mixes that you know you still identify with, with you know your style and, and the fact that you've been hustling across different platforms be it uh be it you know proton radio or doing the podcasts on on any other medium you know i appreciate you just just you know doing your thing and keeping it going at this this stage of the game uh, i definitely want to give a shout out to our homeboys Sven he used to be my old production partner it's been a minute you know I know he's faced some challenges in life but you know I do miss him and definitely want to give him a shout out uh, want to give a shout out to Jory for always being a friend and, and giving us the last opportunity to play together um, actually one of the other times we got to play together I didn't uh, mention is uh, when we played at Wall Pitch too so definitely want to give a shout out to uh, all of Atlanta uh, just doing it for all these years and you know the metamorphosis from it being you know a, a more ravey kind of underground you know dirty warehouse kind of space to now you know having pristine clubs that you can be blessed to hear you know amazing talent from all over the world and you know some of the best sound systems in the southeast to be able to hear those uh, artists play on uh, even the clubs that don't have the greatest sound systems always have a good vibe just because you know atlanta's got a good set of people and uh, i, I want to definitely give a shout out to glenn uh, for for being there and, and for giving me the opportunity to really shine and you know develop my craft over the years and I want to give a shout out to to Dwayne Walters um, and without without him Atlanta doesn't have it's not in a position of where it was you know Big Stacks provided all the sound back in the day and definitely provided all the sound at most of the parties that I played at so a uh, big shout out to, to Dwayne and uh, kicking cancer in the throat you know uh, get get well buddy and I want to give a shout out to, to Kevin and Maxwell also for Mirage back in the day, giving us the opportunity to, to play on some of the, the biggest platforms and play with some of the biggest DJs that uh, have come through Atlanta. And just, just all the people that have been fans and supportive over the years. So definitely want to give a shout out to all, all you people. You know, you know who you are, but, you know, thank you for always being there and, and, and pushing through whenever, you know, I had a gig or when Ryan had a gig. Uh, thanks for coming out and supporting us. Special shout out to the Cubs because Brian's a road warrior. Always tried to be wherever we were going to be, and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to what the the future may bring for both of us. But it's been a pleasure. It's been a it's been an awesome ride. Um, just thank you for for always being there as a friend and being an awesome person and an awesome DJ. And I uh, look forward to uh, what the future may hold for both of us. So you take care. Until then, you are tuned in to a three-hour Rico's Cafe featuring a brand new exclusive two-hour mix from DJ Nasir. Following that, I've crafted my own new exclusive mix, so stay tuned. Once again, you are listening to Rico's Cafe, Deep Tech, and Down Tempo Beats brought to you by me, DJ Inc. Enjoy.
Wow, what a great mix. Thanks again, Nasir, for taking us on that journey. Now sit back and enjoy a new one from me, DJ Inc., here exclusively on Rico's Cafe. Enjoy.
Thank you.